In this series, we talk about the work of the Surrey Trading Standards Office, and uh, this session is about doorstep crime. And we have with us Ian Ingalls from the Surrey Trading Standards Office. Ian, thanks for his doorstep crime. Uh, doorstep crime uh, takes two basic forms. Basically, it's a rip-off of an elderly or vulnerable person uh, by a rogue trader. Well, they go by a variety of descriptions. But the flip side of that is a very strong connection with another type of crime called distraction burglary. Um, distraction burglary is exclusively really the remit of the police to enforce whereas the rogue trader issue involving fraud uh, sometimes blackmail other trading standards offenses connected with property repair work shoddy property property repair work uh, falls within the the joint remit of Surrey police and Surrey trading standards not this is a this is a nationwide problem possibly a worldwide problem it's not unique to Surrey uh, and it's endemic throughout the UK I'm aware in some countries of Europe, the United States, Australia, and other locations too. So what do we do here? Well, in 2003, we decided that enough was enough. Um, We are not uh, a body which would normally go out arresting people. We don't carry flashing blue lights and so on, but there was was more we could do to um, improve our game against these offenders. We're getting calls uh, from victims and from relatives Uh, of victims, um, describing the sort of uh, scenario that we're so used to seeing now, where elderly or vulnerable people were receiving a cold call, that's an unsolicited visit to the door, uh, and they were being persuaded, conned if you like, Mm -hmm. into having some property uh, property repair work carried out at their home, which in many cases proved to be unnecessary, proved to be very poorly executed, uh, proved to be vastly overcharged, Uh, And at that point, this is 2003, Mm -hmm. um, we decided that something needed to be done about that. So we set up what we call a rapid action team, which is... Uh, Who who thought of that? Because the acronym of RAT isn't... um... (laughs) It's handy, though. It's handy. It's a handy acronym. Um, It was uh, the then projects team who thought of that. It was the uh, projects team, I think it was Steve Plale, um, who who thought of the acronym. Uh, But it's it's a handy thing. It, It rolls off the tongue. Um, It goes by different names in the UK, Quick Reaction Team and so on, uh, depending on the authority concerned. So what do do the rats do? Okay. Well, our primary role um, Mm -hmm. is to get out there and stop the crime, basically. But there are five very clear objectives. One, intervene to get between the offender and the victim. Uh, Very often the the offender will have the victim in their thrall. They'll have persuaded that the the victim that uh, it's only he, only him, the offender, who can uh, put right this particular problem and nobody else is going to do it for such a bargain price. Mm. Um, So to intervene in that situation, first and foremost, to disrupt the crime whilst it's in progress, to disrupt future crimes that might be committed by the same offender, to enforce the legislation uh, that's within our remit to enforce, to uh, advise all parties concerned, the victim as to what's going on, uh, any um, any relations that might have an interest in what's going on, clearly. Uh, it's not always the case, but sometimes there are. The offender as to their course of offending, to make it clear to them that there are certain laws that they should be adhering to, honesty aside, mm-hmm. a certain, certain other what we call strict liability laws they should be adhering to, and of course also to advise the police of what's going on here right. uh, and social services so that they can have an input too. And finally, but to a much lesser degree, to support the victim. Okay. Um, 
where there is no other agency involved to lend what support we can as law enforcement professionals until uh, we can bring on board other um, more appropriate professionals for any further support m that might be required. Uh, let, let's take an example, uh, one off the top of my head, in, in fact off the top of my roof. A uh, gentleman calls at my door, um, he says uh, it looks like you've got a few slates missing there matey, um, we can do it X price and I say fair enough and then I think hang on a minute this is all gone a bit uh, wrong, yes. can I still call your rapid uh, action team? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, the sooner the better. Um, even when the, the work, or work as they're describing it, is very well advanced, you can still call us, call us at any time, even if the offenders have left the scene. Uh, our advice in circumstances like this is don't deal with cold callers. Uh -huh. Seriously, elderly people okay. and vulnerable people um, are, I'm sorry to say, the prime targets of the, the offenders concerned. Um, it, it's a traditional thing. Elderly people are often perceived as being um, easy targets, easy targets often with a lot of money that they're not going to use productively. So the offenders see it as being as well in their pockets as in some bank account somewhere gathering dust, so to speak. Um, clearly, it's, uh, it's not a very nice uh, perspective to, to see this from, but I'm afraid that is the way that the, the offenders see it. Uh, okay. the I, I, I'm an old, vulnerable person. And I find this big burly chap like you knocking on my door. Mm -hmm. I open the door and you make certain demands, which, uh, and I'm afraid, terrified yes. uh, of the circumstance. What can I do? Well, first of all, the, the offenders are seldom um, offensive in their initial approach. They try to be nice, they try to be charming. And by doing that, they get under the radar of a lot of uh, the, the victims that they target. What can you do? First of all, don't buy at the door. Anybody cold calling, very quietly, very gently, say no thank you and send them away. Now, the Home Office has some guidance on this. First of all, um, before the offenders call, be prepared for any likelihood that they might call. Now, we're not trying to instill paranoia in people, but a little bit of healthy suspicion, a little bit of healthy safeguarding. First of all, keep your doors and windows locked. If you do receive an unexpected call, put the door chain on. If you haven't got a door chain or a door bar, get in touch with your local care and repair. They're normally available through the local borough council to whom you pay your council tax. Mm -hmm. If you've still not got one, if you're not aware of who to call, give us a call, okay, on a number I can give you in a moment if you like, yeah. uh, in order to set things in motion for that. Now, having taken all those precautions, um, don't buy at the door, okay? Stop Consider whether you need what's being offered, first of all, but be immediately suspicious that somebody who's calling at your door for property repair work is probably up to no good. Mm. Simple fact. Yeah. Um, is cold calling, cold calling illegal then? No, no, it's not illegal, unfortunately. Um, there are a number of people who might have a very good reason for calling at your door. Mm. Um, legitimate charity workers would have a legitimate reason for calling at your door. Certain religious groups would have a legitimate reason for calling at your door. Um, politicians canvassing uh, pre-election time have a legitimate reason for calling at your door, as might the police, as might a trading standards officer on occasion. But uh, <laughs> for the purposes of carrying out property repair work to your home, we are, in every case, suspicious of persons making unsolicited visits for that purpose to the homes of elderly and vulnerable people who might find themselves being targeted
by a rogue. What can I do if I've had work done by a doorstep trader and think that I've been conned then? First of, first of all, call Surrey Trading Standards. Now, I mentioned to you uh, a number before. I can give that to you now. Um, the number is actually for Consumer Direct. Now, Consumer Direct is a government set-up call centre um, with nationwide remit, uh, and they always have a very good relationship with the local trading standards authority uh, within which you live in the UK. Now, that number is 08454-040506. Now, in case your pen wasn't handy at that moment, um, I'll give it to you again. That's 08454-040506. Now, they're the first point of contact for any anything you might have to do with goods or services that you've purchased, be it a pair of shoes, be it a, a fiddler on the roof, so to speak, <laughs> um, a con man about whom you've got some concerns. When are they available? Um, my understanding is that Consumer Direct are available uh, Monday to Saturday from half past eight in the morning to half past six in the evening. Okay, thank you for that. Okay. I've just heard this uh, conversation that we've had, and I realised that I had some work done some time ago, and I'm not happy. Still anything I can do? Absolutely. Call Consumer Direct. Now, any, any situation like this may involve civil liabilities on the part of the, the trader, uh, as well as possible criminal issues. Now, even if it's not a rogue trader, now rogue traders are, are particularly difficult to secure civil redress against, but if they're a legitimate trader who might just have done a questionable job or there might be a problem that you're concerned about, again, call the number I've just given you, Consumer Direct, for a bit of advice as to where to start. Um, we do have concerns that if you've fallen victim uh, to the approaches of a rogue trader, they may come back again. So it's as well we know about that. When I say they may come back again, it won't be to do you any physical harm, but having without, without being at all pejorative to, to your listeners, um, if they've identified somebody who can be conned, then they may be back to do it again. Mm. That's the bottom line. So the sooner you can let anybody know, particularly trading standards, on the number I've just given you, or your local police, then the so much the better. Trading standards normally have a very good working relationship with the police uh, and will make the police aware of anybody who we believe is being targeted um, by such conmen. Okay, Ian. I, what should I do if I enter into a contract at the door and want to protect myself? Want to protect yourself. First of all, don't enter into a contract at the door, okay? That's, that's, that's the first <laughs> okay. step, okay? Secondly, if you have um, the trader... Okay, let's, let's not judge him too quickly at this stage. Let's call him the trader rather than the offender. The trader is required by law to give you a notice in a prescribed format by law setting out who they are, the proper name, the proper address, and the means by which you can cancel that contract. The, the paperwork should also state that you have a right to cancel the contract within seven days. Now, there's other bits and pieces that go with the form, but that's our starter for ten. At the very least, they should be giving you a contract form which makes out very clearly those rights and how you can go about cancelling the contract that you have with that trader. If they fail to do so, that's a criminal offence. If they fail to do so in the prescribed format or if they fail to do it at all, that means whatever work is done, you won't have to pay for at all. The contract is invalid. It's good to know. I, I've heard ab about a new law for selling in customers' houses and workplaces. What's all that about? That's the same law. 
It's the same law. It's the same thing. Up until the 1st of October, uh, the circumstances I described to you a moment ago applied only to unsolicited visits. Well, from the 1st of October, via legislation that we still refer to as the doorstep selling regulations, Mm -hmm. you have um, the same rights for solicited contracts so that if you call a tradesman to your house to do your kitchen or your bathroom or anything like that then you have a seven day cooling off period by law and the tradesman's required to give you paperwork to that effect stating everything that i've just mentioned to you their correct name and address um that you have a a right to a seven day cancellation period uh and the means to go about doing so now Again, there's more on these forms that I won't go into just now, um, but get in touch with local tra- your local trading standards via Consumer Direct, and they'll be able to advise you more clearly. There are some contracts that are going to be exempt. Um, for example, the milkman. You wouldn't expect your milkman, uh, every time you have a contract with him, ra- regular roundsman, to have to give you uh, a seven-day cancellation period, newspaper boy, and so on. Um, there are some exempt contracts but uh, there are a good number of contracts that are caught by this uh, and where there's protection for you. Now, you, you mentioned uh, t- two things earlier on, the Rapid Action Team. To contact them, is that the same telephone number as the Consumer Direct, or is that a different number? It's the same number. It's the same number. Uh, all the Consumer Direct mm-hmm. staff, certainly in the southeast of, mm-hmm. of England, have been trained to recognise the type of call coming in which may give rise to... Um, the need for an immediate attendance, uh, such as we deliver with a rapid action team here in Surrey. I'm aware that all the trading stands authorities in the southeast operate to a similar system. Uh, when s- these circumstances are notified to them, they treat them as a very high-priority issue for which they will, if at all possible, make an immediate attendance. So anybody concerned by anything that's that's happened or uh, wishes to uh, make a note, it's the Rapid Action Team on their uh, Consumer Direct number, which is? 08454 Ian, thank you very much indeed. Thank you.